Hello and welcome to the Super Spreader Show with Trish and Susie. We're here to infect you with the truth and hope it spreads like a virus. <laughs> I enjoy when you say that. It's different every time, I think. <laughs> okay, welcome back to another episode. Whew. It is the end of the week and I am so excited for us. Yeah. Um, I've been taking care of a very sick kid and so I feel like like I'm caught up a little bit on Texas and things here and there, but kind of just sitting on the couch a lot with him. And we're watching a show called The Middle right now. Oh, yeah. We're on the last season, so we're almost done with that. And then um, we'll talk about Chapter 5 in our book club later. But I'm bringing that up for a reason because Susie has, was, was talking about... Um, a show called Designated Survivor. And so now... You're going to watch that. <laughs> the middle is almost done, and maybe I will start that one. <laughs> so, start us off, Susie. <laughs> so, <clears throat> my head hurts from just what we've been talking about. Oh, yes. Okay. Before the show. Mm -hmm. And then I started... I told, I told Trish I have a funny story to share, and that kind of, like, takes some of the tension <laughs> off. So, I'll um, start us off with that. Yes. So, my daughter... Who will be unnamed. <laughs> <laughs> my only daughter. <laughs> she um, snuck out of my house earlier this year. And um, I'm not going to go into detail about it. But basically, you know, you it's like, how do you punish that? You know, like you can ground, you can, you can ground for a little while. You can take things away or whatever. But like to us, the worst, worst punishment for her, the worst part of the punishment for her was was um, now she just has to live a, a life of surveillance, <laughs> being surveilled, you know, and and because we are, we're Jason and I are both pretty, we're not very like helicopter type mm -hmm. parents. I call myself a cruise ship, <laughs> like <laughs> I am out, I am out in the water cruising around, and I'm looking at the shoreline where you are, <laughs> so I'm there, but I'm like not right there. That's how I, like I'm That's more funny. of a cruise ship parent, but um, <laughs> so now we have her, we have this Life Three Sixty app. And um, she, cause we had like find my friends, but the life 360 app shows a lot. It yeah. keeps track of, of them a lot more. And um, so she basically, and we put, we put an alarm system on our house to keep her in, not to keep bad people out. <laughs> That's kind of, so, and it's worked so far, but anyway, so oh, my husband, sorry. my husband um, is doing this program from you guys have heard me talk about the real AF podcast and um, Andy Frisella, who who is the owner of or the star of that or whatever, is a businessman and he has this program called Seventy Five Hard and it's seventy five days where you um, exercise. You do two forty five minute exercises um, and one of them has to be outdoor. That's part of the program. Um, go look it up and you can read about it more. But anyway, so we've, we've been waking up. He started it uh, Monday and we've been waking up before. And I'm not a morning person, FYI, but I have told myself I'll, I'll wake up and I'll do this part of it with you. So we've been walking at like 6 a.m. in the morning nice. before the kids get up. But then Jasmine got wind of, oh, shoot, I just said her name. <laughs> <laughs> she got She got wind of what we were doing and she wanted to try. So yesterday morning she gets up with us and I left my phone at home because I don't need it to walk 
And then, so her and Jason and I go on our 45 minute walk. And then my mom has life 360 <laughs> because we on went Jasmine. to Mexico a few weeks ago, right? Or last week. And so my parents downloaded the app and that we're just, you know, cause we knew she was going to be spending the night at people's houses and stuff. So my mom has her on life 360 and, um, she calls Jason oh my gosh. and is like, did Jasmine try to escape again? Escape. She thought that Jasmine stuck out and that Jason was chasing, like going after her because she sees that I'm home and it's like 6am, you know, and she knows oh I'm not a morning person. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> and Jason's like, no, we're all walking. She's with us and we're going on a walk. And he had to explain to her what we're, you know, but, but I just thought how oh funny. God. And Jasmine's like, oh my goodness. Like Grammy just constantly, you know, it's like up in my business. And I was like, I looked at her and I was like, you earned that. Yeah. You made a stupid decision. Mm -hmm. And now everyone's going to know your business 24 yep. seven. She's like, she, she's probably going to be doing this when I'm like 40 and married. And I'm like, I mean, you, again, <laughs> you made this decision and now you are on live 360. Oh like she was so annoyed. And I'm like, just remember this annoyance you have and burn it into your brain. Yeah. So next time you could do something stupid, mm -hmm. you will hopefully not because it will just get worse, you know? Yeah. But so yeah, she was super annoyed and I was just laughing because I'm yeah. like, this is, this is the best punishment ever. Yeah. Because she is so, you know, cannot get away with stuff. Like she may have, you know, if we hadn't caught on, caught her early enough on, I guess. That's she's definitely so like, funny. she's a wild child. Like she's got that wild hair that Jason and I don't have. And I'm sure it's going to serve her well in other areas that, we don't, you know, mm -hmm. thrive in, but for just day to day or like compliance, you know, it's mm -hmm. a little bit much sometimes for us. We're like, <laughs> well, you don't know what to do with you. So, yeah. So she, she I, run away. she's, <laughs> that's the best. I had, um, a little run in with your security system. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember I was just trying to, knock on the door kind of late. And then I was like, oh my gosh, she has an alarm. I can't, this was a while back though. So I was just like, oh no, she has an alarm. I don't know how, <laughs> I was like, do I ring the doorbell? <laughs> do I wake everyone up? And I was like, dang it, Jasmine. <laughs> gosh darn it. Oh, it's definitely gone off a few times because we forget oh. still. And you just opened the door. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's my story. <laughs> oh, thanks for opening with that. That's the best because I mean, like I totally expect to be that grandma. <laughs> like I want my grandkids <laughs> on my, like, I want to know where they're at. I'm, I'm a mess, but like, I just, I, there's no other explanation. Like, can you imagine seeing that 6am and they're both out walking fast <laughs> like there's no other you know yeah. explanation than yeah. what is happening right now that's the best yeah. and she probably was so relieved like right. oh my gosh you guys are on a family walk <laughs> like that's like so that's the best okay you know what's not the best <laughs> california oh yeah uh okay i don't honestly i don't even know where this story is from we're going to get into some California bills again. That was the whole purpose of this podcast when we first started. Yeah. We want you guys to know what bills are going through to support, oppose, 
um, get involved that way at least where um, we, Susie has given countless resources on how easy it is for, um, I want to say America first, but um, now I cannot think of it where they do the letter for you and they send it to, yeah. um, shoot, what is it called? <laughs> well, I know real impact has one, but what's the other one called? Faith, faith impact, faith impact. Maybe. Anyways. Yeah. We have a bill that we want supported, right? That's where. We're yes. About. Okay. But first we are going, sorry, my title. Yep. He insists I'm sorry. on swimming uh, the infamous okay. 50 year old man. I'm sorry. So there is um, credit. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. I'm getting this clip from Nicole Pearson uh, for on Instagram, and she reposted from Scarlett Johnson, who I don't know who that is, a 50-year-old male professor, so annoying already, identifying as a 15-year-old girl is not only able to swim on an all-girls club swim team, but also changes in showers with 13 to 15 year old girls who are the parents of these girls like how are they okay with that (laughs) i don't know so weird that's abuse actually it's child abuse it is child abuse that's disgusting you're a weirdo like he's i'm so sorry it's a mental illness but if you're a 50 year old identifying as a girl okay or woman okay fine you go do your weird thing but you're identifying as a 15-year-old girl to be changing with them. And it's documented, like uh, Riley, what's her name? Oh, Riley Gaines. Riley Gaines um, on how, what's the, the guy swimmer's name, Thompson? Um, Leah Thomas. Leah Thomas would get a boner in the shower room when they're all changing. And it's like... He's a 50-year-old man. So I'm just going to play this clip, and I don't even know if it's going to, like, do it justice without the video, but I'm just going to play it. It's very short. Identifies as a 13-year-old girl. That allows Nicholas uh, to swim with the teenage girls. Oh, and by the way, change and shower with them as well. Even though it's against world aquatic rules, he should be competing in an other division other as in transgender division it's disgusting but no he is so entitled he insists on swimming with real biological girls we finally have a definitive answer to where nicholas sapita changes and showers it is in the girls dressing room i saw it myself with my own eyes he didn't go into the male dressing room he didn't go into the family dressing room. The infamous 50-year-old man who Sorry, identifies as a... There's a family... So... Yeah, he could go into the family one. That's like a single stall. Single stall yeah. You lock the door. So you literally could go in there. But no. Why, what, why would he? That's He's a, sane, a 15-year-old that's what a sane girl. Person, yeah, that's what a sane person would do. <laughs> he's not. He's insane. So, of course, he's going in with them. Yes. Yeah. But it's I'm more upset at the parents because I don't know who allows the how allows their child to, to be I mean it's abusive. So Yeah. As, I mean I'm mad you know, of course I'm of course I'm mad at him, but like it's more mad, I'm more mad at the parents because that's like willful abuse or whatever that term is. I just wanted to bring 
I don't know if anyone listening has heard of the story or not, but I just wanted to show another example of the slippery slope. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just going to say it. It started with the gay marriage. And it wasn't enough. You know what I mean? And it's just like building on, building on, building on. And here we are. Kids identifying as animals. Like, what the heck? Because then I would bring it up as a parent. If your kid identifies as an animal, then they should not. They should be at the farm. They shouldn't be at school. You don't allow animals at school. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. doesn't even make any sense. Did you know that there's like, was it Oklahoma or one of the states is going to possibly allow um, people to call animal control on furries at school? Did you see that? It was no. the Patriot Mom. Because yes. she, she made, um, you know, she put that idea out there. And then she had posted that. Um, see if I can find it. That Patriot Mom. If you're an animal, you shouldn't be at school. So that's where the, the stupid logic comes in. Like... When you had a viral video, her post was, when you had a viral video suggesting schools call animal control on furries, and now lawmakers in Oklahoma are actually proposing it. (laughs) (laughs) Look at her. She's like dancing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you want to be stupid and identify as whatever you want? Well, then you should live your true, authentic self. That's what I'm saying. It says, if one Oklahoma representative gets his way, children who act like dogs and cats during school hours could be punished by animal control. <laughs> yes, parents might soon have, the, have to collect their erstwhile kids from the pound if Rep. Justin Humphrey's bill makes it to the finish line as it stands today. <laughs> Humphrey's bill, which was filed Wednesday, seeks to put in place a law whereby students who purport to be an imaginary animal or animal species or who engage in athro anthropomorphic behavior commonly known as furries at school shall not be allowed to participate in school the parent or guardian of the student in violation of this section shall pick up the student from school or animal control services shall be contacted to remove the student let's see how fast the parent i mean i I would be like you are not going to do this that is legislation in a state like yeah in a state what is it called state legislator i mean that is our that is our culture in a nutshell right now that we that they even have to do like That's, put stuff like that into because of like what is happening in our culture yep. and how out of control it is. Yeah. So, anyways, I just wanted to bring that because it's only going to get worse. It's a slippery slope. And honestly, I mean, because there's already been girls that have been raped in bathrooms at schools, um, in public, and I mean, it's still going forward. No one's protecting the girls. No, I know. That's what's really alarming is how many people are still not on board Mm -hmm. with protecting women. Yeah. And that whole, you know, even the sports thing, um, Mm -hmm. the amount of pushback people still get are getting right now about it. You're just like, what in the Mm -hmm. world? Like the fact that maybe how many years ago? Two, three. When did this all it's recent. I mean, I mean my I mean, point is it's super recent. And yeah. like you never even would have thought about it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you that it's this like new thing and you're all of a sudden supposed to be hundred percent on board with it, should it be a red flag for everybody? Yeah. But too many people are just like they get emotionally caught up in terms. And that's what I okay. So I was walking this morning and this is um January I don't 
I feel like I should have been posting more about it, but you know, life is just what it is. And I got, I've been doing other stuff, but it's pro-life month, essentially. They had the March for Life last weekend. And I want to go. I'm going to try and go next year. I definitely want to go at least one year. I just feel like it's mm-hmm. something I need to be at with my mom and hopefully my biological mom. Um, that would be like my idea and my mm-hmm. daughter. I feel like all of us sh- should be able to go, hopefully. Um, but anyway, I was thinking about just, you know, abortion and how the terms, right? Because you have the Democrat Party is running. That's like their platform issue now. And we were just, I was saying that to you right before we recorded how pathetic your policy must be, all your policies and how f- how much of they have failed that you have to run on an, yeah. in an election year as abortion, as your, as a center of your campaign. Like what, tell me that your policies have failed without telling me because I, <laughs> that's like, yeah, it is a cultural and like emotional issue that divides people, but it's not like a survival type of issue, like the economy and border, uh, mm-hmm. national security, all the stuff that people like should be voting on. It's kind of like not in the top 10, even though they want you to think it is. So the fact that they're running on something like that as the centerpiece of their strategy is just like bizarre. It's, it's a red flag, yeah. but you know, there's enough people out there that are just caught up. They get caught up in words. Right. So yeah. my thing is, is I have more respect for someone who says they got an abortion and calls it what it is, which is murdering mm-hmm. a child in the womb. than these flowery terms like reproductive health care. Because, like, they had a clip of, uh, I think, Kamala Harris. She was on the campaign trail talking about it and how she's going to fight for reproductive health care. And I'm just like, of course people are not going to question that the way they should because of what you're calling it. So, like, you, the fact that you can't even call it what it is is a red flag. Like, you can't, if you really believe in something and believe that women have the right to rip a child out of the womb, then you call it what it is. Be proud of it. Yeah. But you can't, can you? You have to call it reproductive health care because you can't on it. Who, who would you be if you walked around touting that you believe that women should be able to kill an unborn child in the womb? You just, you can't, you know, yeah. people do. There's still enough people, I think, that have a, a soul inside of them that would not be turned off by that. So they have to, you have to use these terms that are just completely not what it is to get people on board with it. And that's like super alarming. And they do that with so many things. Um, but abortion is like. Again, okay. it's not protecting women. Yeah. Just like what they're doing not protecting girls in sports and in the bathrooms and yeah, they all of that. They like, gen- what are they, the term, what are the terms they use for that whole thing? It's like um, gender equality <laughs> and. You know, things that but like they're terms, like fighting for women, but you're basically like <laughs> taking s- awards, um, not, yeah. not, I mean, that's like not even the important stuff. I mean, that's important, but like the actual safety of it. Yeah. The raping is where that the line should a obviously be drawn girl and it's looking like not at yet. 50 year old man's balls in the bathroom. <laughs> that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like. That's scarring. I would die. I said that. I said this a long time ago. This are. Our generation and older is not does not have the well health and well being of children as a priority. We just don't. No. If you look at the policies and the the culture and who you know the COVID thing was really alarming. Yeah, you know, keeping kids out of school, making them wear masks, and doing all these things that you know that were detrimental to their actual health and well being. So that 
adults who were afraid could feel better about, I mean, it was just, it was so, like that, that, those things were just so eye-opening for me. Yeah. That I was like, wow, children are not a priority in our day and age. No. They just aren't. And it's, that's like, like, how are we going to go to our creator at the end of our days and be like, okay with like that to me is, cause I kept thinking to myself, I've been definitely struggling lately to be brutally honest, you know, if, if this was really a good idea for me to do this, like it's been a battle. And I know that like, I really, you know, I knew this was going to happen or I'm not surprised that I'm having like doubts about myself like this, but then I'm talking about this right now. And I'm like, this is why, because. Mm. I want to stand before God and be like, I spoke up, you know, mm-hmm. I, I died to myself because in BSF and Bible study fellowship that you and I do, um, we went through this chapter in John and it's talking about, you know, what it means to die to self and to pick up your cross daily and to follow Jesus. And it's like about not dying, you know, people can take it out of context, right? And they're like, oh, you're supposed to like not care about yourself and just be all about someone else. And it, that's not, you're supposed to care about yourself, but the idea is you're not supposed to care more about what other people think and your own comforts. If it, you know, yeah, there's a cost to following truth and following what's right. And if you lose relationships or you get criticized or you're uncomfortable in, you know, settings, but you, you know, I want to have a clear conscience, like, and at this point, I'm glad that I can like overlook that uncomfortable side of my life, like be okay with it. I mean, it's still hit hard. Yeah, It's still like messes with my head daily, almost daily, but like, it's good to be, you know, that we're talking about now. Cause I just reminded like, this is why I, I want to be able to say that I stood up and I said something and I was uncomfortable for the right reason. Yeah. Cause even... <laughs> Um, I think Christian was like 18, 17 and he was always at the gym and he came home one day and he was like, I can't go into the locker room or the bathrooms anymore because these old men (laughs) walk around butt naked (laughs) and he is like traumatized because he turned around and I think, I'm sorry if I got the story wrong, an old man bent over and he was traumatized and then you have a 50 year old with 13 year old girls like... That's where I get like my 18 year old is traumatized in the gym locker room. I don't know. Yeah, so what would a ch- what would a 13 year old girl feel like, right? Yeah. I always laugh. I'm like, I told Susie before we recorded, I want to spend like three minutes on this topic. <laughs> it's 20, 20 minutes. <laughs> we go on a tangent. Okay, whatever. Okay. We got that out of the way. But we do want to talk about a bill that we want everyone to support if you're in California. And it's Assembly Bill 1783. And you have it up on your computer? Well, yeah. So I'm going to put the link on our show notes, which is on our website, to where you can go sign the petition. Um, so there's a... Oh, do you want me to play Rudy Oh, yeah. Wings? Go ahead and play her thing. And then we can like... I have a she'll video. Ex- she'll describe what it is and why you should support it. Because um, she also goes into how how much debt we're in mm-hmm. as as a state of California, and like Newsom is cutting care for foster care uh, for the foster kids. Sorry, um, like he's, yeah, he's cutting programs because we have a built sixty billion dollar <laughs> deficit. Okay, here we go. Here's our favorite rooted wings. 
So while Texas is actively securing their border, do you know what California is doing? California is actively earmarking your and my money, our taxpayer money, to fund illegal foreigners' health care. It's important to remember that the government does not make money. It spends yours. So let's take a look at California's finances. We're facing a $68 billion deficit. The unemployment rate in California just climbed to 5.1%, holding the title of second worst in the nation. Meanwhile, Newsom is cutting $30 million to an urgent foster care program. And we recently defaulted on a $20 billion federal loan. We're basically headed off a cliff. Here is the hope and here is what you can do, especially if you are in California. I'm partnering with American Council on this bill that will revoke all of our taxpayer monies going to fund illegal foreigners' health care in California. The bottom line is this. When our state is facing a $68 billion deficit and defaulting on federal loans and unemployment is rising to the second worst in the nation, there are definitely better ways and better priorities for our taxpayer funds to be used by Gavin Newsom. So follow this link, check out this bill, highly recommend you supporting American Council. And this is a way to be an actively engaged citizen in the crazy chaos of California as we hope for better days in our future. Amen. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I think she's, she <laughs> put it in a nutshell. I mean, yeah. You, we have to support this. Right, so it's easy. You just go to the website, you fill in your information mm-hmm. and click support and they just you know the more names they have then they can take that to the floor and i mean we have a democrat supermajority, so <laughs> you know who knows what's going to happen but you only can do what you can do yep and they sh- they need to know how many people feel this way yeah and hopefully democrat you know people that are consider themselves democrats and would vote normally you know on the other side of the aisle are obviously going to still be affected by this yeah. and so hopefully they will have find it in themselves to cross party lines and um join in because it's affecting the whole, everyone in the state. So, um, yeah, I'll put it in the thank you show notes. Yeah. And I, I need to do it. So I do too. So. <laughs> and I will say, okay, one other thing about something you can do is I had put it on our story the other night, but there's a diaper drive this week, um, where you can buy a box of, um, it was $50 and it buys a case of diapers. So it's a bunch of different packs mm-hmm. and it's with every life which is a diaper company that is actually pro-life because Pampers and Huggies, all those main <laughs> um, stream brands are all um, pro-abor- pro-abortion. It's really bizarre Disgusting. because they're diaper companies. But, yeah, it's gross. You know, so pro uh, Every Life was created from uh, people from Public Square, which is the parallel economy, right? I just ordered, um, by the way, that reminds me, I just ordered protein uh, collagen pro collagen oh, powder uh-huh from this company called um yonder i forget but so i was on public square and then they emailed me and it's these two women i'm going to contact them after i get it and use it because i want to like use it first and like share my experience with them but they're from california oh and hopefully maybe they'll like come on do an interview yes. with us or something but yeah so it's exciting when you can support um local businesses and businesses that share our values and um, what the reason that I was interested in their collagen proteins is because when we a few episodes ago talked about um, the meat industry mm-hmm. and why you should be eating meat that's grass fed and finished all the way through, yeah. not just like what, you know, the regular organic meat may claim. You have to look for actually grass finished. And that's what they said their 
protein. Their collagen proteins are grass-fed and finished from cows that are so like, yes. What is but it I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known. Um, yonder, what it's called? Okay. Um, but anyway, Every Life um, is doing a diaper drive this week. So you can go on their website, and I'll put a link. It's with Live Action, which is a mm-hmm. um, pro-life um, advocate group. Um, and you can buy 50. So I did it the other night. It's super easy. I just plugged in my name and put my credit card in, and then they do the rest. And it, it buys a box for a and, – and it, what I loved about it is it's for California because yeah. California is one of the most um, abortion-friendly states, right? But we still have pregnancy resources centers here, and we still have people fighting on the front lines for pro-life. And I got to experience those mm-hmm. resource centers when I was giving the love boxes to them. Um, so they are fighting the good fight. And so um, you're going to support this one um, pregnancy resource center called Obria. And um, where are the, they at? They're throughout California. Oh, how do but, you spell um, that? O b r i a, and that was actually the resource center of the family that I lived with in utero, <laughs> that's, they work closely with them. Um, so when my birth mother was pregnant with me, I lived with the family. I think I told that story. Mm-hmm. And so she was telling me that they work with Save the Storks and then they work with Obria. Wow. So that's the pregnancy research center that are going to work that live actions, um, partnering with. And, um, so it's going to moms in California with unplanned pregnancies that are considering abortion that will hopefully encourage them. Sometimes they say it, all it takes is like knowing that you have diapers for yeah. your baby. So that's like an act, a way that you can actively, you know, help with the pro-life movement. Um, and then we can do, so we can do that and we can do this bill. We can support this bill. Like we can do what we can do right now. Why we still have freedom and yep. the ability to have a voice. Good job. So thanks. Thanks for, I didn't even know about it. So thank you. Yeah. Okay. Now we move to Texas <laughs> and I'm not even no. going to pretend to act like I know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened to Dan Bongino, Ladder with Crowder. I, I can't even think of all the podcasts right now, but. It's a hot mess. How about we just leave it? But the that? press is not really talking about it. The mainstream press is crazy. So because I have no idea. I don't I don't have I don't have channels. So. Like I don't so no one's talking Let's about go it. To NBC. <clears throat> NBC. There's news. no way because Texas is defying Biden. I mean, at least they would spin it so that way. Very, if you go on their website right now, which is January 25th at 2:20 Eastern or uh, Pacific time. It was so funny. I keep going on tangents, but I keep hearing, I have these sound bites in my head. So I was listening to a lot of Crowder, and I think they're in like Texas or that time zone. So uh-huh. they always say like two twenty God's time, and so then they were like, "This is you know such and such two twenty God's time," and then they were I think referring to California, which is Pacific time, but they're like, which would be twelve twenty the devil's time. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> but anyway, if you go on there right now, the very first headline. On NBC News is about Trump. Oh, that's important. <laughs> Trump briefly testifies in E. Jean Carroll damages trial. Clashes wow. with judge, right? Then there's RNC. More Trump. Trump is at the top. Wow. They're obsessed with Trump. Then fatal plane crash in Russia. Um, Trump again. Alabama pre- prepares for first nitrogen gas execution. They're talking about the economy is doing better than expected, which is absolute <laughs> BS. <laughs> Um, death of Israeli soldiers, 
Father hails miracle daughters who were pulled from rubber after Israeli strike. Some other trial about a parent oh my before. God. There's nothing. <gasps> Alaska Airlines. Can you? Isn't that crazy? ABC. Can you do this ABC? Is NBC News. No, do oh, ABC. Okay. ABC. Yeah. It's fun to go live with this, and I keep thinking like I'm probably gonna be wrong, but no. <laughs> our, I'm literally shocked right now. BS mainstream media at, at, propaganda. It's gonna be in chapter five, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. I think it's. Yeah, we'll talk about chapter five. Um, oh, they don't have like an where's ABC News? Or should we do CNN? Oh, Let's sh- do CNN. That's even, that's even better. Oh man. <laughs> Okay, takeaways from the Trump defamation trial. GOP senators see that's Trump. I mean, these people are obsessed with Donald Trump. What are they going to do when Donald Trump is not in politics anymore? Like, what are they going to do? This is all about Trump and the RNC, all of it. Um, <laughs> Ex-Trump, Trump, Trump, Trump. I'm telling you, look at it. It's all Trump. Look, this is the top. Trump, Trump, Trump. <laughs> It's like, what are these people going to do? Um, ISIS attack. Uh, Charles Barkley reacts to Tim Scott's moment with Trump. <laughs> this is so wow. funny. These people are obsessed. Carrie, okay, Carrie Lake. We've heard the leaked audio. Like, yes. There's that leaked audio that just um, got exposed, but it's old, actually. It's, it's almost not a year. recent. It's yeah. almost a year old. Um, like, literally all. Oh, yeah. God. There's nothing. Nothing. Like it's a literal, like no one's talking I, nothing about in our it. lifetime have we ever had a state go against the federal government like this, which who knows what it could lead to, right? And these these mainstream media POSs aren't even talking about it. It's crazy, um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So I mean, I have some clips. The Supreme Court, oh, yeah. in case go you've ahead. been you know mm-hmm. busy, which is on understandable. Yep. Um, they ruled five four. With Republican, you know, we have a Republican mm-hmm. majority. Well, yep. we have a a conservative majority, I should say, not Republican. Um, but Amy Coney Barrett. And who was the other one? There's one more. Um, it was that voted with the Dems. Roberts, I think. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. One of them I know that <laughs> is like they aren't surprised. She was the the surprise. surprise. Yes, because she's a mother and has children. Like that's why it was like what in the heck. Um, yeah, they, it was a 5-4 decision that allows, so basically it allows the um, federal government, or yeah, the federal government to cut the wire that the Texas government had put in place to help slow the immigrate, illegal immigration that's going on at their border. Yeah. Um, so the funny thing is, is I don't know who it was, I, I was listening to someone this morning and they're like, well, it didn't say not to keep putting it up. You just, they're just going to keep cutting it down. It was probably Crowder. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not really breaking any laws by putting, keep continuing to put it up. They're just going to, so I just think that's funny. Like, yeah, just keep putting it up. I mean, if they want to really come in and cut it down then go ahead, but just keep putting it up, make them, make them work for it. If that, if they want, if that, they're so concerned with that. I mean, there's so many things they could be working (laughs) on for our, for this people of our country. And they're going to be, you know, obsessed with that. Then as of 30 minutes ago, there was 24 states that were standing with Texas. almost half of our country. Mm-hmm. They're all red states, of course. Yeah. So we will see what um, happens. So, yeah. So the governor of Texas responded um, and basically said, we're not going to follow the Biden administration. We're going to stick to the Constitution, which mm-hmm. allows for states to defend themselves against invasions. Yep. 
And we both agree that they should have done this a long time ago. Yep. But now I think they've reached, you know, the point of no return. And if they don't stop it or fight against fight against it more, it's just going to get worse. But because um, we were even talking over nine million that we know of has crossed the border of. since Biden took office. Mm-hmm. Nine million. Five, they said five thousand a day. <laughs> and That's and a it lot was of like people. Over Trump's time, it was like 175,000. Like, that's insane. Yeah. You can't even compare. Nine million. And then we were talking about, um, forgive us if, I mean, we were trying to look up, like, what's our active military? And we found a number for 2022, but we don't know if this is just here or it's here and abroad, but we we found the number 1.3 million active mm-hmm. military. So if we have 1.3, but 9 million have already come in in three years, I mean, something something bad is going to happen. I mean, that's, I think they're banking on that. So, yeah. Yeah, you can see a lot of the people at the border mm-hmm. are middle- are military aged men, single men, not with families. And that's that whole Mm -hmm. um, idea that um, when men leave a a country for war, no, what's this, what's the saying? When, when you're leaving a, when you're fleeing a country, you bring your family with you. When you go to war, you leave your family, you leave your family mm -hmm. behind. Yeah. That's exactly what's happening. So um, just imagine the amount of, military age men that are in our country now that hate America. They're not, yeah, they're not coming here to, to assimilate because if you were coming here as a serious immigrant, mm-hmm. which a lot of people do, they come through the proper channels and they do what they have to do. And they wanted the American dream and they, you know, are, have every right to be here. Just like the people that built this country. Yeah. And some of, yeah. But now these people are coming for free shit yep. <laughs> and they have no, um, desire to become part of the American culture and assimilate to our values and what we believe in. They want what they think, what they think is theirs. And it's pretty clear that these other countries are not sending their best. No. So there's already identified as there's terrorists and people that were in prison. (laughs) And like, I mean, that's what we, we had just talked about the great replacement theory. Mm -hmm. There's the only, the only logical reason, which is still illogical to me because it makes, I mean, I'm just going to say it. Um, I think that this is treasonous to allow an invasion like this into your country. And I think it calls for, Mm -hmm. I think it calls for uh, a death penalty for the person in charge of our, to destroy a whole country. country. I mean, yeah, I, Agree. So um, now we're gonna we're probably not gonna be here tomorrow. <laughs> we're not. We're gonna get knocks on our door. I'm like, I'm so. not saying that I, I should do. <laughs> <laughs> I I, ha- I have no part physically in that. I just think that <laughs> when you that a traitor, you know, yeah, is a pretty hefty. But if you allow your country to be invaded by violent criminals that come in and rape and traffic and bring drugs that have killed you know hundreds of thousands of americans that's pretty treasonous and i think you deserve what a traitor's yes. traitor should get mm-hmm. um so i think that the only reason that you would bring people in that are voting age was because you need votes your policies mm-hmm. suck and 
your people are people are leaving your party. And so the only way you're going to get enough votes for an election year is to get more people to come in and vote. Yep. I mean, otherwise, what is their ex- explanation for this? New world order. Yeah. Which goes into chapter five. Oh, you have anything else about the Texas border before we go into chapter five? I mean, I think it's just, I think if people aren't aware, they should be aware because it's happening live right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I, I have never had, a, I mean, you could, we, we could literally be witnessing like a succession from our union, like or succeeding from, I can't say, I didn't say that right. Six, six, succeed, succeed from our union. <laughs> Like tech, we, we could have a state leave our union yeah. over, over this. Who knows? But, but I mean, you have half the, nearly half the country um, on board. So hopefully um, that won't happen. And I think, um, I think it might be more of just, you know, what is it? Smoke and mirrors. Or, like, I think the Biden administration wanted to do this and to, and they assume they would hopefully, assume, and they, they would, they would hopefully assume that they would just comply and let yeah, it happen. Maybe. Um, for fear of what could happen, but then s- someone else was saying that states at the at their own level at their in their own immediate resource have more resources than the federal government mm. in that in a state to defend itself. You know, okay. And I, I think mean, you know if you're really being strategic as, as someone who's running for president, <laughs> I don't think you'd want to go into a state and cause like a civil war in an election year. But we're not dealing with people of right mind, you know. so who knows what could happen. <laughs> But yeah, I, we were just happened to be uh, on chapter five this week. I did not enjoy reading this. <laughs> the title is good. Goodbye USA. Hello. New world order. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about a chapter that it, where you're, where you're, where you're <laughs> reading things written in 1991 and you're like, holy cow, this is happening right, right now. In front of me. I was really, truly scared. Oh, it was hard to read. It says backbone of hidden government subversion of the balance of power the plan to suspend the constitution and declare martial law um it was so if you see i have pink highlight on this chapter let me tell you that it was really really hard not to over highlight oh yeah i had to stop myself and like did this really strike a chord with me like i was starting to highlight too much right <laughs> and then i was like that's meaningless so all let right me, let's let's get into chapter let five let me just um back up real quick in case you're here real quick <laughs> real quick um in case you're hearing our podcast for the first time we have a book club oh yeah a small but mighty book club <laughs> and we're reading this book called behold a pale horse mm-hmm. so look it up and we're on chapter five, and you're always welcome to join in at any time. Yes. Everyone is welcome except the 50-year-old man that yeah. identifies yes. as a 13-year-old girl swimmer. You are not welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, he went in right away with balance of power. I was, I'm learning a lot. So unlike Susie, how many times did you read this chapter? I read it twice. Okay. I read it once. I need to read it two more times. (laughs) So I have highlighted, how is it that our legislator, I don't say that right, has allowed, sorry, I have to pick my book up, and at times encouraged the executive branch to write law. You probably did not know that the president and others in the executive branch of the government can do and write law. This is done in the form of presidential executive orders. 
national security council memos, national security decision directives, and national security directives. That's a whole lot of people that we didn't vote Mm -hmm. for that can write laws. Now, I know we vote for the president now. Well, do we? No, I'm just kidding. No, I I say that loosely. Is that the right word? Um, Yes. I have a lot of thoughts on that. Okay, but we quote unquote vote for a president, but all these other people we don't, and they have the ability to write laws. Was there anything on that page that you wanted so to I go over? I underline the same thing. I also um, underline the. I said citizens cannot be held responsible for the law if it is not made available to them. So he, you know, you can go look at laws that are written into law, mm-hmm. <laughs> legislation that is written into law. Yeah. Um, at the federal register. Um, pending or passed legislation can be obtained by citizens through their congressmen. So there's ways for you to go and see what is in law. And then right underneath that, I thought it was interesting where it says, it is paradoxical that the government body most representative of the American citizen is the one that has been the most easily subverted through PACs, like political, which mm-hmm. are political action committees, payoffs, pork barrel politics, professional politicians, congressmen who are members of secret societies, and through greed and fear, our representatives and senators quit representing us long ago. Yep. Which is more <laughs> true today than ever. Yep. Um, and then piggy, like after that, I underlined the same paragraph you just read. And then on the next page at the top, the most important difference between the presidential executive orders and all of the or- others, no matter what they are called, is that the others do not have to be reported, reviewed, made available to anyone, or even acknowledge that they exist. So uh, although we under the impression that we can read every law that's been passed. Mm -hmm. There's these executive orders and um, what are they? The national security directives that are written in that we have no idea. And the sub there's no subcommittees to review them. So like, I don't even know what that means (laughs) in terms of having a constitutional Republic. I feel like it's smoke, smoky mirrors. Like we really don't even have a constitution anymore. Yeah. Right under that, I highlighted justification of the president's power to write law through executive orders stems from the failure of the government to rescind the declaration of martial law during the Civil War. In effect, the United States has been under martial law ever since Lincoln's administration. The 1800s. So we're we're under martial law. That's what he's saying, right? That's what he's saying. Because they never rescinded it. No, they never rescinded the declaration. Sorry. So apparently, we apparently are still under it. I just want to say I realized that I was breathing into the microphone. Very heavy. <laughs> I was like, "Ew." Okay, go ahead. <laughs> what? Where else do you have? Well, and then in the next paragraph, he talks about um, they were mo- these were most prolific during the Reagan administration. Mm-hmm. Three hundred were written, with no more than fifty ever leaking out to um, undergo public scrutiny. So how do we know about those? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Two hundred and fifty. Like, what did he write? I don't know. Laws, right? Executive uh, or NSDs, National Security Directives. So he, directing the national security? Or what What the heck? It's for, you know, the, the, the security protection of our country, oh right? That's how they, and then it says they are being used to destroy our constitution. <laughs> I have that yeah, highlighted. Yeah, we're probably underlining the same things. And I put how. <laughs> um, and then I only have a tiny bit on this page. Um, I just highlighted made George Bush the first American Mm -hmm. King. (laughs) And then I did highlight SB 2834. 
I, I need to look mm-hmm. that up. <laughs> Oversight of intelligence activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, did you like go ahead explain it? I'm or, no. Go well, ahead. just yeah. I didn't underline any of this because like he goes through different examples oh, of national security directives that have been, you know, know that we know mm-hmm. about and what they did. And to me, it basically like he goes. I didn't underline any of it, but he was talking about one with like the um, Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. Um, how we, you know, basically it allows the U.S. to go in into other foreign countries yes. and do things. Um, that would otherwise be considered not our business to do. And it just kind of reminded me of like color revolutions and how mm-hmm. our country has, has a past of going in, including Ukraine, which we talked about that a while back. And it's a, there's a documentary you can call, um, watch called Ukraine on Fire. And it talks about the color revolution. I think it was in 2014. And so a lot of the stuff you see going on with Ukra- Ukraine right now um, stems back to mm-hmm. that color revolution. And then... Fast forward to 2020, um, I am 100% convinced that there was a color revolution in our own country to overthrow our election in 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you understand how they work and how, what groups are involved and even symbols they use, it is like, holy cow, we had a color revolution here. Um, So like he, they kind of, it reminded me some of these directives of what they allow. Um, So there's a few pages of that. I had, I had um, like... What is it? <laughs> I have that too. I have the same. I yeah. Stories were planted in the press. Journalists uh-huh. were pressured. The General Accounting Office later found that these activities violated the law banning covert propaganda inside the United States. How many other covert propaganda programs do you think are operating against the American citizens? I can assure you that there are many more than you would ever believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically like they do things and then they run it through our press or through the foreign press in what that makes it appear one way and so everyone buys into it or thinks things are fine and that we're doing this for the betterment of our country and our people when it when in when in in actuality it's completely destructive you just showed that point right now or 10 minutes ago when you were looking up um the major media news news outlets and they're not even talking about texas yep so yeah there's a few paragraphs that um talk about the different Examples of different ones. And then I started underlining um, somewhere within the volumes of secret NSD directives, there is a plan to suspend the Constitution of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. I have a pie. Are you on 114, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're on page 114 now. <laughs> I have, because I've known, don't ask me how, but ever since FEMA, George Bush Jr., Hurricane Katrina. There were so many stories. I was so young. I was young. Like, not that that young. But I remember how, I don't know, but I just remember knowing bad things were happening. FEMA was there. Things weren't adding up. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, my ears perk up or my eyes perk up when I'm reading. <laughs> um I under or I highlighted when FEMA is activated, patriots will be rounded up in the dead of night, most likely on a national holiday such as Thanksgiving. Government agents and law enforcement officers in every city across the nation have received anti-terrorist training under this NSDD directive, and I can assure you, you the target is patriots. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and so FEMA. Yeah, he talks about during hur- Hurricane Hugo. So yeah. remember, this book is ninety one. So that happened even before Katrina, yes. and it was a hot mess. And the citizens kicked FEMA out mm-hmm. because it was they were so incompetent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, the next section, um, when he says, "I believe the plan to suspend the Constitution is directly tied to the underground facility called Mount Weather, and to the Federal Emergency Management Agency, which is FEMA, which we just talked about." FEMA um, was incompetent because emergency management is just a guise, the qu- in quotations, mm-hmm. emergency management is just a guise for its real purpose, which is to take over local, state, and federal government in case of a national emergency. The only way FEMA could do such a thing is if the Constitution were suspended and martial law were to be declared. Therefore, its very existence is proof positive that a plan to suspend the Constitution does in fact exist. Yep. So, Mount Weather. I never heard of Mount Weather. I have either. And 99 point, it says in here, 99.9% of Americans have never either. So, it's not normal that we, I mean, it's not abnormal that we didn't know about it. Because we're not really supposed to. But What's in Area 51? That's right, but I've heard of Area 51, but I had never heard of Mount Weather. I know, but it's like, we're really close to Area 51. <laughs> What's there? That might be no. there. What is it? Um... Their other, that's the main one, Mount Weather. But remember in the book or online, it said they have other redirective, no. They have other sites. Relocation sites. I don't know. Maybe Area 51 is part of that that one. Okay. Did you underline anything in that section? On 115? For For Mount Weather? No, I didn't on here. I know. Not on 115, I, but on 116. Okay. Yeah. What did you hide? Um, I got tired of highlighting, so I just did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, the author, William Cooper, said, I know from my stint with the Office, office of Naval Intelligence that these do, do, dossiers. dossiers consist of information collected about American patriots, men and women who are most likely to resist the destruction of our constitution and the formation of totalitarian totalitarian police state under the new world order. The Patriot Data Bank is constantly updated so that when the appointed hour arrives, all patriots can be rounded up with little, if any effort, the plan calls for this to be accomplished in the dead of the night on a national holiday. The most likely holiday is Thanksgiving when everyone, no matter of their religion, race, or creed, will be home. The targets will be ripe for the picking after a heavy meal, maybe some alcoholic beverages, and during a deep sleep. There is a traitor in the Patriot movement who provides a secret government with accurate names and addresses of Patriots who will fight to protect and defend the Constitution. Yeah, and so um, just to back for back up real quick, Mount Weather is an underground facility 50 oh, yeah. miles west of Washington, D.C. It's in Virginia, and um, it's basically a relocation site. Um, it has a fully functioning city basically under there and it's under this like thick granite rock. Like they picked this area specifically and it was basically constructed around the 1950s. It was actually put into place or they ran, basically ran it, um, ran a, what am I saying? And during like, um, there was a blackout in the East coast 
in the 60s, I believe. And then the assassination of JFK, mm-hmm. too. It was like set into motion, but it's basically a, a shadow government. It's like a they apparently have a fully functioning president with a cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, you know, do we can we 100 percent confirm that this is what it is? No, obviously we can't because we're not no. supposed to know about it. Yeah. But like when you see things like to me, reading this chapter and watching what's happening at our border, you have to wonder like what is being, why is this being allowed? Why can't, why can't people seem to do anything about it? Like why are Amer- the American people so just like have to be caught up in it and not really be able to have a say? Mm-hmm. And like, how do the, how do people just like, how are they allowed to do this? And then it makes me wonder like who is really, you know, in charge or what we, what we were saying earlier before we recorded is like, how is it that when you have like the state of the union, which is coming up and you're going to have the president, the vice president, the speaker of the house, those are the three in line, right. To run our country. You're going to have all the Congress and Senate. You're going to have everyone together. How do they allow that? Because you figure in this day and age, like this is in 91, in this day and age, you have drones, you have, you have ways to do terrible things mm-hmm. on a mass scale. So how are they okay with the fact that all of those people are together in one place under one roof at the same time? Because if something happened, what would happen? So then I'm thinking you might, they have to have a plan B. They have to have, they have a to. government ready to go. Oh, it's, it's Mount. Um, and that's how I was, I was thinking Leather. there's a show. There was a show like that. Yeah. Why am I thinking of this? And then I remembered, <laughs> oh, it's just designated survivor. <laughs> so in that show, which you can probably still watch because mm-hmm. it's not that old. Kiefer Sutherland is the star of it. And he's basically like the secretary, the HUD secretary, housing, urban <gasps> development. And so the way they projected it is that, you know, the president picks a designated survivor. So it's anyone in any you know, cabinet uh, member that isn't allowed at the State of the Union has to watch it from an offsite location. Then they bomb the Capitol. They bomb all those people and kill them. So now he's in charge all of a sudden. (laughs) But like, that's, you know, Hollywood's way of portraying that. And then you think, but what's really, you know, so could that be a real thing? And it's not the head secretary. It's a literal, like, parallel government we have running things that's <laughs> so, what william cooper is saying because right, it's interesting the, to think about at the bottom of page 116 it says it's it's so funny two privately owned corporations have offices at mount weather the federal reserve and the u.s post office yeah like what? Why? I was reading it to Jasmine last night. She's like, why is there a post office? I was like, girl, I don't know. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. your question is as good as mine. And then it goes on to say, there is also an office of the presidency. What makes all this upsetting is that there is a president and a complete set of cabinet officers in residence at Mount Weather. Who are they and who appointed them? Yeah. It's the question what? to ask, right? And they're just living down there? Like, do they come up ever? I don't, I don't know. I have so many questions. Right. I didn't underline anything on 117, but it was it was good. Do you have anything on 117? I have 118. I have 118 at the bottom. Yep, me too. Look at it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Look at it. Yep. Did you, did you write anything? I didn't write anything. Go ahead, you can read it. But it says Nixon. So you talk about... Um, President Nixon, he has an order, which is one of the one in effect today. 
It allows the government in the form of FEMA to suspend the Constitution for literally any reason they decide to call a national emergency. Do you remember during COVID all the national emergency talk? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I cannot. And then in bold letters, he always says when I write in bold letters, like pay attention. So in bold letters, it says, I cannot find a plan or executive order anywhere that outlines any procedure or allowance for the restoration of the Constitution after a national emergency has ended. This leads to the obvious conclusion that no restoration of the Constitution is contemplated or desired by those in power. Wow. (laughs) It's a lot to take in. I highlighted the very end of chapter five on uh, page 119. And um, he's talking to Bray. Who's Bray? Oh, that was the like former Gen- CIA general minister? Bray, or, or he was in Mount Weather, right? He was. Oh crud! He was the CIA. Um, he was from the CIA. I know that, and he had to do with Mount Weather. Like he was fam- very familiar with it. Like was there or? Right? So yes. Yeah, so <clears throat> there's someone talking to General Bray. And this is Bray answering. I'm about like the whole Mount Weather. It says, I am not at liberty, Bray answered, to describe precisely what is the role in the mission and the capability that we have at Mount Weather or at any other precise location. That's what he said about Mount Weather. And I think this is Cooper talking now. I firmly believe that our con- continuity of government program has not provided continuity at all, but has been the instrument for discontinuing open and democratic government. And the very program designed to protect Americans has actually been turned against us. Mm-hmm. Um, on that website that I sent you, mm-hmm. it says retired Air Force General Leslie W. Bray in his testimony to the subcommittee said, and it's mm-hmm. the same quote you said. Yep. So he was testifying in 1975 at, at a Senate subcommittee on, cost, on constitutional rights. It was a hearing. So it exists. <laughs> oh, it exists. What and the heck pictures is going of, on? Pictures yeah. of the aerial view of what it looks like above ground, which is a few buildings. Mm-hmm. You can see things, but just know like it's 900,000, seven, seven to 900,000 square feet underground. It could hold up to 200, 200 or 2,000 people, sleep 2,000 people. Um, yeah, it's pretty insane. The door to the opening um, is five feet thick. And it takes ten to fifteen minutes just to open, <laughs> and it's a it's a guillotine door, mm-hmm. so it, like like in the movies, you know, mm-hmm. it opens from top to bottom. Um, yeah, but like you, there's signs people have seen that you can't even go, like you can't go there um, if you're not allowed to film or write about it or anything. And if anything's found, it's confiscated. So it's like it's like an Area 51 apparently, but it's like forty minute or forty miles from DC. I mean, it but makes sense that it's close. close. Yeah, because they got to get over there. Yeah, I like I said, I did not enjoy this chapter. I was pretty like, mm-hmm. well, and, I mean, just imagine like I just can't get over sometimes that how we're reading this book and how, watching things unfold that it talks about in real time. It's real it's time. Like a trip. That's like, what I'm saying. I mean, we could have started this book at any time. Like it just, you know, it, I don't really believe in coincidences anymore. No, that's insane. Yeah. Oh, anything else that you want to end this episode with? 
think I'm good. You're good. All right. We're going to end it on that chapter five then. <laughs> and anytime you guys, you can comment on our post, chime in. We would love to hear from our book club. <laughs> You've been listening to the Super Spreader Show with Trish. And Susie, you can find us on our website, superspreadershow.com, on Spotify, Instagram, and sometimes Truth Social. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. Bye.